Welcome back to the Troop Leader Experience Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah, and I am here with a special guest today. I'm really excited to dig in to this content, but for now, go ahead, please, my dear guest, introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about what you do. Sure. I am Kara Hervey. I am a mom of three. Uh, I am a productivity coach for work at home moms, and I am also a Daisy Almost Brownie, because we're about to bridge, Girl Scout leader, and I was a Girl Scout myself um, up until cadets uh, when I was younger. And I was telling Sarah before we got on, but I just, I love this podcast. I found it literally searching in Apple podcasts when I became a troop leader. Cause I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. So I do what I normally do, which is like find something to learn. So I searched girl scout leader. This came up for me and I feel like I've probably listened to every episode the past two years. So it's super fun and surreal and 360 for me to just like get to be on the show and share some productivity tips and a little bit of my story. That's amazing. And honestly, so meaningful. Thank you so much for listening. I, Sometimes, you know, especially with doing solo episodes, it just feels like I'm just talking out into the, you know, the atmosphere and knowing that there's actual people on the other end really means so much to me. So I really, really appreciate that. So let's talk about the Girl Scout side first. Tell us a little bit about what your experience has been like um, as an adult volunteer with your troop and um, what some of your best memories are. Sure. So when I signed my daughter up for Girl Scouts, she was going into kindergarten and I knew I wanted her to be in Girl Scouts. Like I really, thinking back on it, think that the leader I've become today was from the skills I learned as a Girl Scout myself. So as soon as she was old enough for Girl Scouts, I was like, of course, we've got to find a troop for you. So I had signed her up like months before troops were getting started for her kindergarten year. And I remember over the summer getting a phone call from someone who said, hey, like we have a troop, but they're second year daisies. Um, you know, did you want her to be with kindergartners too? And I was like, kind of, that was like the point to make friends. And she's like, well, the option is you could lead a troop yourself or she could come with us. And I am, I don't know, a little bit of a sucker, but also I will do anything for my kids. And so I was like, you know what? This could be really fun. I love Girl Scouts. I was a teacher before I got into entrepreneurship for about 10 years. So I love working with kids. And I was like, man, this could probably fill my my teaching itch that I have. Um, and I thought, why not just go for it? And so not knowing anything about being a Girl Scout leader, I said yes and decided to start a Daisy troop um, at my daughter's school. I literally dove into anything on GS Learn that I could watch. I'm a big like lifelong learner. I found the podcast and just started researching like, what do I need to know? Because I think one of the hardest things about going into being a leader, and this is what I tell potential new leaders, is it's hard when you don't know what you don't know. And a lot of times you you don't get that context until you experience it. And then next year, you're like, oh, this can be a lot easier. So I like to try to get as much knowledge as I can to like acquire before doing something. So I completely binged all summer, watched tons of videos all over Pinterest, like trying to figure it out. And then we went to start our troop. So I, my daughter's a walker. So I was like handing out flyers to people at the school, like just trying to get this troop started. And so last year was our first year. We had uh, 15 girls to start the year. And it was, Sarah, so much fun. I adore these girls. And now that we're getting to go into bridging in a couple weeks into brownies, I'm looking at them and thinking like how far they've grown and I've kept most of my troop. Uh, I think we've had a couple of new girls come in, a couple girls drop, but most of them from last year came with us to this year. And it has been challenging for sure. Uh, it has been super rewarding. Uh, there's lots of things I think you don't realize you need to learn when you become a leader, um, but it has really pushed me to think about things from a girl-led experience. Um, and I also in the past year have become the delegate for our area. So last a couple of weeks ago, actually, I got to attend the annual meeting for our region. I'm um, out in GSEP of uh, Southeast Pennsylvania. And it was just so fun to get to see the bigger picture of Girl Scouting and, and to be a part of it. And so that's kind of how I got into it. And my gosh, my most rewarding experience, I, I think, honestly, watching my girls at our meeting last Monday, we made scrapbooks, which was an idea that I had gotten from your podcast. Actually, it was our last meeting of the year. And so we had made scrapbooks and they got to sit and talk about their own favorite experiences. And this year, I will say first grade was challenging for my girls learning how to navigate friendships, um, friendships that they had in kindergarten that uh, changed a little bit this year. 
it's been an interesting dynamic for them. I feel like first grade is one of the first times where it's like kids I was friends with, maybe I'm not as close with anymore and they don't know how to handle that because they're seven. Um, but seeing them at the end, give each other compliments and talk to each other about their favorite you know, moments, I think was so rewarding for me because I was like, look at these little girls who came in and gosh, you know, when you have girls that come in, you don't realize, like I taught high school, right? I did not realize how different kindergarten was until I got there. And there's some girls who could read already and some girls who can't write their letters and you come in and you're like, oh, there's a lot of differentiation that needs to happen in my meetings. So seeing those girls, seeing those girls that were super shy, hugging their mom's legs, be um some of the girls that next weekend we're going to Camp Ray are staying overnight with me for Camp Ray who have come out of their shells so much. It's just, I think the reflection is probably the most rewarding thing when I stop and actually do it, which we just did last week. I love that you did a scrapbooking and reflection meeting. That was always one of my favorite meetings to do with my girls too, honestly, at all the levels. And it's really fun to hear you talk about specifically working with daisies because generally like daisies are so cute, but that has not generally been my favorite level. I love it. Circa juniors and cadets. I loved, loved, loved those levels where I feel like they still look like kids, but they can just blow your mind with their perspectives on things and their goals and what they want to do. And they can articulate themselves so much better and uh, regulate themselves a little bit better, et cetera, et cetera. But listening to you talk about working with daisies makes me want to start a daisy troop like <laughs> this next year. So um, yeah, I, it, it is, every age is good. Honestly, all the ages are fun. They're all hard and they're all fun. I love that. So you also are an entrepreneur and I'm really curious as a fellow entrepreneur, what you feel like the relationship is between what you do as a troop leader and what you do as an entrepreneur. Do you feel like there's connections there? Oh my, 100%. I feel like when I'm planning out what we're doing, like our scope and sequence and our goals for the troop, I don't see, I don't know if other troop leaders look at it like I do because I have not only an entrepreneurial background, but I have an education background. I taught special education for 10 years. So I feel like so much of it plays out because I do look at our troop as like a separate kind of like entity of things that I do. So I'm always looking at, you know, like what is the goal for this? What is the outcome? Um, and I also think that as an entrepreneur, and a leader, I, I think outside the box a little bit more, you know, and I want to make sure that the stuff we're doing like has that impact. So every time I go into planning a meeting, I'm always thinking, what's the impact on the girls going to be for this meeting, which is exactly what I do in my business. Anytime I start to do something, I'm like, what is the impact? What is the goal here? So I think the skill sets um, are super married together, super entwined. I love that. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I love so much what you said about that because um, I, I do feel like running a troop is like running a business. You're managing, uh, the budget, you're figuring out how to essentially drive revenue. Um, you even are working on sales skills with your girls, right? During cookie season. And then you're also like designing what it's going to look like. And that's very much what entrepreneurship is. But what I especially love about what you said with thinking about goals and kind of outcomes, that is something that I talk about so much on this podcast with, it doesn't, the, the badge work is, is the vehicle, but the outcomes and the principles of GSLE, that's the framework and the and the outcomes, right? That's where the impact comes from. So it almost doesn't matter what activity you do as long as it meets the criteria for the framework of GSLE and you're going to have high impact Girl Scout experience. And I also have been uh, doing that, that in my business where I've been like, okay, what are, you know, everything that we work on with my team, I'm like, okay, what are the outcomes that we're going for? What is a framework that's going to yield those outcomes? How do we know, right? How do we know that framework is going to yield those outcomes? Because if you have that figured out, the actual activities don't matter. I could geek out with you about entrepreneurship, yeah. but clearly like that's not the <laughs> primary focus of this, but what you do for your business totally is. So I want to, I hate it when people use this expression, but I want to pick your brain about how your experience with your business um, and what you do and what you help moms with can specifically help troop leaders. So recap for us, remind us, what is your business? 
Sure. So I run a purpose-driven mom and my mission is to help work at home moms figure out how to manage their time and systematize their goals and their business, but without hustle, burnout, and shame. And this kind of came out of my own experience of being in high performance education and honestly, everything in life where it was like, you're only successful if you burn out, right? Like you're only successful if you work a million hours. And when I became a mom, I realized that my kids do not care about any of those things. And that I'm not able to show up for my kids if I'm burned out. And so what I've done over the past few years with my personal framework, um, which is also what I talk about in my book called the 15 minute formula is about how we as moms and women. And if, you know, even thinking through being a trip leader, like how can you effectively manage your time to get the things done that you need to get done, but also staying aligned to what actually matters to you and your top priorities. And so a lot of it is setting a vision, creating a baseline, and then making a plan in between. Uh, and it's so much fun to do because I feel like so many of us come from this place where we've been told our entire lives, go big or go home, right? Get up at 5 a.m. or you're a failure or you got to want it bad enough. But the thing is, like, motivation is is a muscle. It's something you have to build. It's not something we're all built with. And if you've ever sat and tried to, like, plan stuff from your, for your meeting, but you just, like, weren't in the right mood to do it and you're, like, overwhelmed, then you know what I'm talking about. And so what I get to do now through a group coaching program, and like I said, my book and my podcast is help moms realize that they can manage their time differently if they just look at it a little bit differently. And while we're not striving towards perfection ever, it's always just about being intentional, but also giving ourselves grace for when we just don't feel like doing it or when our motivation isn't there. And, and I think this is double layered for troop leaders, right? Because not only are we, and maybe triple layered, but I'll say double, not only are we trying to work out goals, time management, productivity, et cetera, for ourselves um, as the troop leader, but we're also trying to teach those skills to girls and help them practice it. And I want to like kind of dig into both sides of that. So first tell me, what are some of the biggest mistakes that people, especially women, make when it comes to time management and productivity? Yeah, I think going back to this like perfectionist all in, you know, type of mentality, it's trying to do too much at once. And for many of us, especially I think about troop leaders, right? We volunteer for a variety of reasons, but many troop leaders I meet aren't just troop leaders. We're also the people volunteering like on the PTO and like in other activities because we like to serve, but also we fill our schedule. But I think one of the biggest mistakes is trying to do too much at the same time, which I know it's like, yes, I have this massive to-do list. Everything has to happen. But when you try to go after all of your goals at once um, and thinking through the lens of the troop leader, uh, you know, that experience that we have when you're like, okay, great. I have 90 patches I want to do with my girls this year. And I want to do all of these service projects and get everything done. And you put so much on your calendar. It is a recipe for burnout. Because what's going to happen is you're going to start and maybe like that first month of your year with the girls is going to feel great. You're excited. Everybody's into it. But that's how burnout happens. Like that's not sustainable. And I think one of the biggest things I see is everyone just trying to do too much at once. And then on the flip side of that also is knowing how to prioritize what actually matters. Because a lot of times we think everything is urgent and important. And I don't know if you're familiar with the Eisenhower matrix, but it's one of the things I teach to my moms. Um, and in it, it is really helping you qualify what is actually a priority. So we think everything is urgent, right? Like we're like, oh yes, it must get done right now. Somebody texts me something. And I think about this a lot in communication with some of the parents. Literally today, I had a parent texting me a bunch of stuff that she needed for a, her kid's birthday party. She needed uh phone numbers to invite the rest of the troop, whatever. And she's texting me. And I really wanted to look at that, but I was like, I'm not going to do that right now. I can get that to her when it is important, right? And right now that is not my priority. That is her priority, but it doesn't have to be mine. And so I think when we're managing our time, knowing how to actually prioritize, when you're looking at, for example, what you want to do in the year with your troop, saying, okay, we want to do all of these different pillars, but what are the ones that we want to make sure we hit first before worrying about the other things? You know, you mentioned the badges, right? And I think I got caught up into this my first year. You know, first I was like, oh my gosh, the badge police are going to get me. Realized quickly, no badge police, right? But I thought, 
we've got to do a million badges. And my parents will, if they're listening, they will laugh because they're like, we we have too many patches and not enough space on our vest, 100%. Like I like to buy patches for all the things. But I, I decided instead of we must jam through every patch to get it, it's like, how can we dig deeper into the stuff the girls are interested in? And how you had said before, like the older grades, like juniors and upper so much more fun. Like I'm so excited for brownies because I feel like we get to really start to do that and dive into it. So yeah, first things first, trying to, um, you know, think that everything is urgent, put everything on our plate, not knowing, you know, how to prioritize, I think is another thing. Um, and then also waiting to the last minute for stuff is one of the biggest struggles I see with the moms and the women I work with. Uh, this is one thing that has kept me on top of my men, uh, meeting planning. I remember when I talked to a friend of mine who was a leader, and I was like, oh, I don't know. They asked me to be a leader. Like, what do you think? And she was like, I don't know. It's kind of stressful. She's like, every Tuesday, I'm like on the phone, you know, right before I leave work, like, what are we going to do tonight for the meeting? And she's like, it just feels stressful. And I immediately was like, oh, no, like, I, I don't operate like that. Like, I refuse to operate like that because that's where stress and overwhelm come from by not giving yourself enough time. And instead of saying, I need two hours to plan my meeting and it's Sunday night before my Monday meeting. What I actually do is I start planning it three to four weeks in advance and I do it in 15 minute chunks. And so I spend 15 minutes on getting the ideas down, another 15 minute on my materials list, getting everything together so it can slowly fit into what I have to do instead of this thing that's stressful. Because I think that's probably a, a reason, like I have no data to back this up, but I bet this would be a reason a lot of leaders leave is the overwhelm of like, there's just a lot of stuff you have to get done. And um, you also have life and your kids and your family. And so I think that third mistake would be not giving yourself enough time to plan things so that it doesn't feel overwhelming. Such good tips. And I think there's a couple things that I would really like to call out in what you said. Uh, first, I love the way all of these things that you mentioned for the mistakes, the three things really tie together, because as I was listening, I was thinking, I my background is in operations and marketing before I pursued entrepreneurship myself. And as an operations manager, a people manager in the operations department, when I would work with my team, I would, you know, hear from my my team saying things like, there's so much on my list. There's so much I have to do. I have so much to get done, so much that has to be done. And I think you had even phrased it that way when you were talking about all the stuff that has to get done on your to-do list. And one thing I would always challenge back as a manager is, does it, does it all have to get done? Can let's take if you really are that inundated, let's take a look at this list and let's see what actually has to get done. What happens if it doesn't, right? And especially what happens if it doesn't today. And what's interesting is I feel like after the pandemic hit, um, the whole world was forced to slow down and it forced a lot of us to operate that way, where you start. I mean, we were operating a lot more lean, right? It's like, wait a second, all this stuff that had to happen now can't happen. And then we're left with just the stuff that matters the most. And it's it really stripped away, I think, a lot of that excess. Now, as the world has been opening back up and things are going back a little bit more to normal, quote unquote, whatever that means, I do see people picking that right back up again. So I was thinking about that while you were talking, and I just love that the tips that you gave. And I also want to specifically call out that treadmill of week to week. I don't have a meeting planned. What am I going to do? Because I've talked about that even recently about planning your meetings, planning your year um, in a different way than the way that you were talking about it. And I, and I think what I really want to underline here is the progression. We talk about progression for girls so much. Progression for volunteers is real too. So if you're listening and you're in your first year and you're thinking, or your first couple of years, and you're thinking, I do that. I do, that's me every Tuesday. I'm like, what's my meeting going to be this week? I want you to know that even me who have has you know done these multiple episodes for you talking about, oh, I plan my whole year in advance over the summer. I want you to know that I remember especially my first year every Tuesday saying, I don't have a meeting, but like, what are we doing at texting my co-leader? What are we doing at the meeting? Right. It's so normal if that's where you are and it does get better and it can get better, especially with Kara's tips. And then the 
breaking things down into 15 minute chunks that is so doable that's something that everybody can fit into their schedule so if planning your whole year in advance over the summer if you're not there or if that doesn't work for you or your group that's totally okay there are other ways to do it and this is such a bite-sized doable suggestion yeah Sarah can I talk a little bit about that first year because I want to share that too because I am naturally like wired as a planner and I know not everyone is and I want to say one of my struggles last year and one of my struggles, you know, as now we go into brownies, like I've never had brownies before, right? Like going in last year, I had no context. And I think when you're a new leader, it is so challenging because you don't know what you want to do. You don't know the possibilities. And what one of the things that if you're in that spot, I would encourage you like one, like reach out to people in your service unit. Like it was so helpful. I had that leader that I talked to who was like, you could either start a troop or have her join mine. I just asked, I said, listen, could I buy you a coffee and just pick your brain? And she sat with me for 30 minutes and just told me like what they did. And that was all I needed to get started, you know? And if you can't and you don't have that in your service unit, there's so many Girl Scout Facebook groups you can ask in just to get a little context. And I think that like made my anxiety go down a little bit and made me feel better. And then the other thing I started doing because I didn't know where we were going to go. Someone's like, just do the pedals the first year. I was like, cool, I'm down with it. Like, that sounds good. So when we went into patches, I was like, I'm going to do a you know, like um, I use Trello, which is a project management software, but you can use it to organize anything. I made a Trello board. Um, It's free if anyone wants to check it out. And I had all of the ideas that I wanted to have, but I let myself go in with um grace. Like my whole system is intentionality because if you can make a plan, then you don't get to the end of the day and you're like, what the heck even happened, right? You like feel okay about it, but also grace that I'm a human being and sometimes the plans don't go right. And I tend to over plan our meetings and we have to make them turn into two meetings or the girls just aren't interested or don't get it or they change interests. So I think planning for me is, a. it's like, honestly, I always say like planning is the gift you give your future self. Like I look at planning as self-care because on Mondays, I am not scrambling around nine times out of 10, like it still happens, but like, I am not scrambling around running to the store to go get pipe cleaners for some activity, right? And I don't want to do that. Like that does not feel fun to me or aligned or anything. And so knowing that you can go in with a plan and I can talk a little bit about what we just did at our meeting to like plan for brownies to make it girl led too, but you can go in with a plan but you're also allowed to change your mind and you're also allowed to not have everything planned out to the minute. I don't plan every meeting at this in my summer. I plan our topics. And I think that at least allows me to know where we're going. And now that we're becoming brownies, I'm layering something in and I teach a principle around habits about stacking. And this is essentially what we're doing. Daisies for me was like, cool, let's get the foundations. We're going to learn some songs. We're going to have fun and we're going to earn patches. Now that we're becoming brownies, now I want to layer more service. We probably did like two service projects each year, but I want to do more service. So in brownies, we're going to layer in service. And then when we become juniors, we might layer in something else. And it's knowing that you don't, again, back to that mistake, you don't have to do it all right now. And the the hard part there, I will say is, Oh man, do I want to do it all with them? There's so much fun stuff. There are so many fun events around here. I live um, right outside Philadelphia. So there are activities and events and places I want to take them. And I, they're always like, Miss Kara, are you going to be our leader and forever? And I was like, I will be here to teach you how to change a tire if you will stay until you're 17. Like I want to do so much with them, but also knowing you, you can't. So it's deciding based on the values of your troop aligned with, you know, what, you know, Girl Scouts has for us and what they want to do. So it's okay if you're not doing everything that I say today. It's okay if you're not doing everything you see that troop down the road doing or that troop in that Facebook group. Um, You know, we have to sometimes put on our blinders. It's like take the information in, but then put on your blinders and say, what is actually our priority as a troop? I love everything about this and yeah (laughs) progression 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 right so we do this with girls we progress them like you talked about layering in this is what you wanted to introduce them to in daisies and then this is what we're going to layer in in brownies you even do that a little bit year over year as the girls grow and as they get acclimated to the experience but you're doing it for you too because and and I want to say this because as we talk about you know, how to get organized and and mistakes people make. If that's you, you're normal. And <laughs> we all feel it. We all start in the same, we all start at the beginning, right? And 
you might hear stories on this podcast sometimes both from me and from guests who have been involved for a while of what it looks like when you've been leading a troop for seven years or what it looks like when you're leading a troop but you're also literally an organization coach and a productivity coach and a former teacher like you're combining that that you're bringing to the table if you don't already have those backgrounds you I mean you have to start at the beginning and you're so normal and layering it in for your own sake is also important and I talk about my next troop and what you know when I start my next troop which I'm really hoping to in the fall but we'll see um that's a whole other topic for a whole other podcast but anyway uh even if I start with daisies because I've led a troop for uh, like almost eight years now I can now start daisies in a different place than where I started daisies last time. So when I work with those youngest girls this time, I'm going to be further along in my progression as a troop leader than I was when I started a daisy troop the first time. Well, technically I started a brownie troop the first time, but then we brought in daisies. If you've heard me talk about my troop, then you already know that. But if you don't, that's the reality. But anyways, so let's keep going. What are some good ways for leaders to stay organized? Yeah, I think when it comes to organization, it's going to depend on your personality and what you like to do. One of the things that I think is actually funny. So I am super organized when it comes to planning, but when it comes to like the materials, I'm actually looking at my um, girls got stuff, which is like on the other side of my office right now, like not my thing. Right. And so knowing that everybody has their own way that they keep organized. So two things, right. You've got your materials, but you've got your planning. I really think it's important to have a place where you're keeping stuff, whether you use a Google drive, like I said, I use Trello for a few reasons. One, you're going to want to make sure you have the information you need. The most simple, your financial form, your, um, you know, paperwork, have girls handed stuff in. Like I keep one spreadsheet. So I really recommend this no matter if you're like super type A and you love it or you're like, oh, I just want a piece of paper. I really do recommend some sort of spreadsheet with your girl's information, but also things like attendance. On on mine, I have what patch patches we worked on that meeting. And then if I gave them to them. So I give my girls patches as we go so that they can not be like overwhelmed with them, but also so they can enjoy them on their vests. I know some people don't do it till like the end of the year. But I want them to like, one, I want that to be easier for parents so they don't have a million patches to sew on at the same time or iron on, but also so they can see the immediate reward, especially with the little ones. Like they love to get them because they're seeing we learn this thing, right? And it's not about the reward, but like I can see the connection there, right? So did I hand them the patch? Sometimes I'll forget, like, did I hand that one? Did I order it? Um, And I kind of keep that organized. That's also my spreadsheet where I keep their shirt sizes. Um, I also keep, if they say stuff to me and I want to remember it, right? My favorite color, my favorite animal, uh, especially, like I said, little kids, like what candy they like right now. Do they have brothers or sisters? I know my troop very well. A lot of us, um, the girls go to school together. We hang out outside of Girl Scouts. So I feel like I know the girls really well but I didn't in the beginning. And so it was so helpful for me to have this stuff. As they say, it. if we're at a meeting, I might like when they're doing an activity, like throw it on the notepad of my phone and then add it in later. Um, but it allows me to be really intentional because then I can gauge their interests and see the stuff they're talking about that they like. And then we can plan moving forward. And so when it comes to just basic organization, that just one sort of spreadsheet you keep for yourself is helpful. Now, I mentioned Trello because that is where I also keep my plans. Um, and what's cool about this is, I mean, it's it's called a board and it has all of the stuff on it. When I was done with our first year of Daisies, there was a new Daisy leader in our service unit. And I was like, do you want this? And I was able to give her my entire plan for last year because I just remember how helpful it was to have somebody hand me some materials, right? And so what I keep on this board is they're called lists. And I kind of think of them like folders in Google Drive. And I write down all of our meeting dates. So one of the things you'd actually mentioned this on one of your last podcasts was like planning out just the dates in advance for next year. So I knew how many meetings we meet twice a month we were going to have and when they were. And that's where I'll go and I'll start with what is the general thing I'd like to cover at that meeting. I always start with, though, if I look at my dates is there anything time bound that's going on? Like right around Earth Day is always like a good time to do the global action stuff. Um, when are their holiday breaks? 
Uh, are there things if I know that, for example, we're taking the girls to Camporee next week. So I knew that we were going to Camporee the first weekend in June. So I know that if I backwards plan that, like the two meetings leading up to that, we need to do Camporee prep and leave no trace and make their swaps, right? And I start there. I start with filling it in and keeping it organized with all the stuff that I want to do. And the thing that I like about using Trello, or like I said, a, a folder, is that I can also save attachments. So, you know, when you go to Pinterest and you start, I don't know about anyone else, but whenever I start with the meeting, I start at Pinterest and I'm like, what do I see that I like? I put stuff on a Pinterest board and then I never look at it again. I'm like, oh yeah, I made this great Pinterest board. And then it gets lost in the abyss. So what I like to do is if I actually have something that I think I'm going to use is I'll put it inside of Trello or a folder for that meeting. And I'll kind of like filter out the Pinterest links so that they're there. So if I, when I'm ready to print my stuff or go back to my materials, it's there. If I'm scrolling Pinterest or I'm in a lot of Facebook groups for Girl Scout leaders, right? And I see something and it's like not a patch we're working on or not something we're doing yet, but I like the idea. I will take that link and I'll put it under that Trello list because I don't want to waste time later searching. Like, oh, I know that I saw this thing on like, I think it's called like elite bot for brownies. It's like that little thing with the spiral, right? And I was like, oh, I saw that patch. Like that would be cute. But like, I don't need that right now. But I don't want to waste time figuring out what Facebook group was that? Where did I see that idea? So what I'll do is I will kind of take those links as I see them and put them for future me to be like when I'm ready. And that's one of the things that helps keep me organized with my planning is that when I'm in the mood to plan for Girl Scouts, I'll just kind of scroll and get ideas and I'll put them in the folders so that when I do go plan, if I'm not in the mood, I can open that folder and be like, thank you, Kara, from a month ago who saw this idea. Like, I appreciate you. You went and planned this for me. And so when it comes to organizing things like your, I always say lessons, probably teacher in me, but like your meeting plans um, and any paperwork you need, I do recommend, like I said, some sort of Google folder where you can kind of keep it in there. I use Trello. You could use anything you want. Um, Yes, could you do it on pen and paper? Totally. I am just a person who has lost lots of pieces of paper and I've lost lots of post-it notes. And so I have found that just keeping things digitally and even one of the things I do like about Trello is even if I handwrite it, right? I was at my service unit meeting and I was writing notes on a piece of paper on the agenda. I can snap a picture of it and just upload that into the Trello. And then I don't have to retype anything. I can still use that. So it just kind of helps keep organized. Now, when it comes to like actual arts and crafts materials, I don't know. That, that one I don't have any tips for. My office looks kind of like a bit of a mess, but it is one of my summer goals to try to get all of those together. Yeah, I. it's so interesting. I think as you're talking, I'm like, there's all, an entire episode about Trello and how we can use it for troop leaders in my future. So if you're listening and you're like, what the heck is that? Just to do a quick, like, let me explain. Um, T-R-E-L-L-O, just like it sounds, Trello. And it is essentially like if you picture a uh, bulletin board, and you're putting post-it notes into like a almost I'll say a grid, but essentially like into lists, into columns on that bulletin board in order to plan something. And it could be anything. And then the benefit of doing it not on paper, to your point, and using something like Trello, first of all, to reiterate, you said this, but it's free. They do have a paid version, but you don't need to pay for it. It's totally free to just use. Um, I use it for my business all the time, and I use the free version. So just to like put it out there, it's like a free resource, which is so great for troop leaders. Um, but the benefit is that essentially each of your post-its, which on Trello is called a card, um, but each of those post-its, you can essentially use 360 because you can put a to-do list, you can link stuff, you can add attachments, you can add photos. Um, your attachments have to be under a certain size on the free plan, but honestly, like I just attached I think like seven photos to a card the other day and did not have any issue. So just to kind of give you guys a perspective as you're thinking about how you could use this. So, I mean, there's endless things that you could use Trello for, but more on that in a future episode, but that's what it looks like. So if you're kind of picturing it, like it's essentially, and and also what I love about it is if you're picturing it as like a bulletin board with post-it notes on it, that the post-it notes are kind of like 360 because you can attach things to them. You also can move those drag and drop, like po move those post-it notes around. Um, so 
<laughs> you're like literally just moving them across the the board. So that is really helpful. And you can also collaborate with your co-leaders on this or with your troop parents. You can, if people, they do have to have an account, like they'll have to set up an account for it, but you can um, like assign certain users to certain cards. So, um, or to certain post-it notes in this example, right? So it's something that you could also collaborate with, but I love your ideas for using Trello and how that keeps you organized. But even if you don't use Trello, hopefully you can take those same tips and think about how you could apply it to whatever system you do want to use. So let's flip to the other layer here of being a, a troop leader, which is also that we are trying to help girls learn about time management and productivity. So what are some activities that leaders can do to help girls learn about time management? Yeah, this is fun because no one is teaching this in schools. Like, I wish that my kids had gotten some sort of time management thing. I have a 16-year-old, my oldest, and, I'm, and he's always like, help me with this. I don't know what I'm doing. I never learned about it in school either. And so I think it is a really fun gift that we have as troop leaders to get to teach our girls some of these strategies. And so one of the things I um, am going to start doing next year, so I don't do it now, but I know that I need to start doing, is using a visual timer in my meetings. I have some girls that... um they like to finish, right? But they work a little bit slower. And then if they don't finish, it becomes kind of like a little bit of an issue. And I know these girls, so I'm able to like use cues. So there's just a pro tip there. If you have girls like that who move at like a slower pace, but you know, they want to finish, I give them constant reminders. Like I'll walk over to the one girl and like specifically like proximity, like touch her shoulder and be like, Hey, you have about five minutes and we need to move to the next activity. If you don't finish, you can take it home. Right. And I like, let her know this. But now in planning for next year, I'm thinking, and I just bought myself one of those like little visual timers where it shows the time moving because one of the things, again, you don't know till you don't, you know, till you do it, kids don't know how to tell time. And so, and, you know, my girls at the end of first grade are just learning how to tell time. So I can say five minutes, but kids have no concept of what five minutes is, right? So using a visual timer in your meetings can allow them to start to see, I have this amount of time, for example, the scrapbooks, right? They wanted much more time than we had. They were moving at like a much slower pace than we needed. And I will say, this is also like, sometimes I'm an over planner. So we always wind up running out of time at our meetings for things. Um, so I also think the timer could help me, but having that timer and telling them, having one of them set it, right? That could be a job on our caper. And then saying, when this is over, we need to be done. I think is just one very simple way, especially with younger girls, you can teach that. Now, as you get older, helping, having them help plan the meetings is all also part of the time management. And so there's so many things you can do here. Um, when we are planning for next year and beyond, we just did this at our meeting. We I printed out all the brownie patches and I went through and read um, to them and we went through and talked about all the patches and I let them vote because I'm like super big on girl led, guided at this tiny, tiny little age, right? But like very much like I want them to do what they want to do. And even if they like this year, they wanted to do like the automotive Daisy design patch. And I was like, oh, like I was like, I have no interest in this one. I don't know what I'm doing here, but you better believe I went and learned it, right? Because I want them to lead it. So as they get older, asking them, which patches do you want? And then what I plan to do at our like first meeting, one of our first meetings as brownies is saying, these were the patches we voted on. Now we wound up with 15 patches everybody wants to do this year, but we only have X amount of meetings, right? And I know how many meetings I have because I went in and I said, these are my meetings. These are the ones I know I have things like we need to do cookie prep here. We need to do this here. So this is what's left. How do we want to like, which ones do we want to do? How do we want to manage that? And allowing them to be part of the process, I think is really cool. Um, and then as your girls get older, I think also debriefing what went well and what, what didn't go well when it comes to the management of activities is really helpful. So um, my troop in particular, we run run the cookie rally. Well, we did this year. We'll probably take it on now for the service unit. And it was so fun when you went back and asked about like rewarding things, watching my girls lead at the cookie rally we did stations was the coolest thing for me to get to see them come out of their shell. And so they helped me, like I planned a lot of the activities, but then they ran the stations with a parent volunteer, right? And so when we were done, we sat through and said, okay, what went really good at your station? What did you not have time for? Well, why do you feel you didn't have time for it? And we kind of just had that conversation. Again, you could have, I had it with daisies. 
you can have this conversation at any level. And I think it starts to help them see that time is not this big infinite thing. And we need to kind of backwards plan. And even going into, like I mentioned, Camp Ray, when I went over with my girls, I was like, this is what we're doing for the next few meetings. I said, Camp Ray is an X amount of weeks. We need to start making our swaps two weeks in advance so that everything is done, our banners dried, like all of these things. So I think depending on the age, starting with the conversation about why we do things in advance, using things like cues and a visual timer, and then debriefing the time stuff with them is helpful. And I'm even thinking like, as my girls get older, you know, looking at some of the patches and thinking, how can we incorporate some time management on this? If we know that we did um, one of the robotic design patches, right? And if we're doing this robotic thing that involves coding like steps in a row, we have 40 minutes to do this activity, you know, and just talking with them about it. Even when they don't understand the full concept of time, having the conversation can allow them to start to maybe wrap their brains around it a little bit more. Yeah, I love this. I I still want to talk with you about goal setting. So I want to um, to switch gears here a little bit, um, but... I noticed on your website that for your the work that you do with your moms that you had listed on there a couple of times things about goal setting and that is such an integral part of the Girl Scout experience especially when it comes to product program so but with everything because even in the badge work like uh it's specifically what's coming to mind is I know like practice with purpose which is a junior badge think and I always second guess myself when I say stuff like that just off the cuff but um (laughs) in there specifically there's you know questions around like helping girls set goals and learn what setting a goal does for you so I want to know from you can you speak a little bit on why why is goal setting important yeah I think that if you don't have a goal for anything in your life, you're kind of just like floating through a little bit and you don't always see the impact and the like bigger picture. So I want all of my girls to know why we're doing what we're doing and what the outcome is and what impact it's going to have, right? Again, even at the daisy level, right? When we're working on pedals and it's, you know, be a sister to every Girl Scout. Why are we doing that? What is our outcome for that? One, honestly, the outcome as a leader, like I just need to know that because it helps me see like, am I hitting these benchmarks? We had this conversation when we voted for our brownie patches the other day. I said, you know, in daisies, there are three things you have to do to earn each patch. But as we become brownies, because someone said, oh, there's automotive design on this one, right? Um, And I said, yes, but in brownies, there's five steps to every patch. So it's important for them because when they're doing goal setting, then they know this is, you know, how success is marked in this area, but this is also, you know, the outcome that I have and they know why we're doing stuff. I don't know about you, but if I've had meetings where like, maybe we're super whiny or we're tired and we don't really feel like doing it. So aligning what we're doing with the actual outcome in the goal is important because it lets them see, you know, Miss Kara is not just making stuff up to make stuff up today, right? Like there's a reason that we're doing this and it all fits in, you know, and this fun activity, right? Because we try to incorporate so many fun things and hands-on things and lots of movement. This is how it all ties together in the bigger picture. And I think there's also this sense of accomplishment when it comes to goal setting. And that is one of the reasons I actually like that the patches, like when you look in the volunteer toolkit, like they're broken down. And like I said, brownies is five specific things because girls can see success at every um, benchmark, right? They don't have like, yes, technically like you're supposed to do all five and then you're in the patch. But if I have a girl who really struggled with like step three of automotive design, but like nailed step one, we can have that conversation of like, you know, this is where you were at. I'm so proud that you got to do this. Maybe these parts were really hard, but you know, this was one of the goals you were working towards, toward, you know, for that specific patch. So I think it helps foster this like growth mindset in kids, right? Like a fixed mindset is like, I'm born this way and that's how I am. And a growth mindset is like, I'm capable of changing and learning and growing. And that's one of the things we use a lot with the girls. When we're talking goal setting with girls, I think one of the most important things is the language that you use. And so my girls know that I will say to them, if they're like, I can't do this, we get a lot of like, I can't do this. This is too hard. And the the key word here is yet. I'm always like, you can't do this yet. We can try and we can set another goal and we can hit it. Um, And so I think that when you're in your meetings, Having that language of goals is important for them, but 
I'm always cautious to make it, we're only doing this to achieve the goal, right? We're only doing this to get the, that's not it, right? And so it's saying like, hey, did we have a fun experience, right? Like that can also be the goal. Like the goal can just be fun, which I will be honest, like I'm a very like transactional person. So fun is not something in my nature. Like I have to make myself have fun. Um, And some people will probably laugh at that. They're like, what do you mean? I just, I just don't see it that way. This is the way I'm wired. So I'm always sometimes thinking like our outcome and our goal today is like fun. When we did our scrapbooks, we talked about, we want to do this so we can talk about the year and reflect and just have fun today. And I think it's important to marry those like principles together. And then you mentioned product program. I mean, I love the entrepreneurial like pillars that Girl Scouts have for the product program because we very much talk about like, what is a goal? I think again, if you have younger girls, what is a realistic goal? Like all those girls flip that paper. They're like laptop. I'm like, no, no, no. Okay. I see what you're saying there, but like, what is an actual realistic goal for you? And then how are we going to get there? You know, we went through an activity, like what customers are, who can you ask? How can you get there? And having them track their goals as they go lets them see success and feel success at whatever level they're at. And so I think adding in that language of goals to your meeting can help the girls grow in the confidence that they need, but also allows them to, you know, back to it all, have the courage to go after bigger things and realize that, you know, even if you try and quote fail, it doesn't mean you didn't hit a goal. It just means maybe you hit it a little differently. Perfect. Yeah. I love, uh, I guess perfect is like kind of an unreachable, unrealistic response, but it, you hit on so many things that I wanted to ask about. And I just, I love that. I think we could probably have an entire episode conversation together just about goals. And I also specifically love that you mentioned that you struggle with uh, fun being the goal for yourself because I relate to that so much. I um quick story when I was in college, I did all these internships and I um I worked really hard and I also did I worked in the career center all four years that I was in my undergrad. And uh, so I had a reputation among my friends as the resume girl, everything, like I would help everybody with their resumes and I would help people find internships and things. And everything I did came back to my resume. And the last summer before my senior year, I was like, this is a really critical summer. I applied to something I really, really wanted that I did not get. Um, I got a bunch of offers for a bunch of other things, but I felt honestly disappointed because what I really wanted, I did not get. And um, one of the things I got accepted into was to be a camp counselor at this like very excessive extreme camp, not a Girl Scout camp, a private camp. And it was basically like the dream camp that my family could never have afforded to send me to as a kid. And I loved Girl Scout camp as a kid. So I was like, I, you know, I don't even know what made me apply, to be honest, but I had applied to it. I did get the offer. And I was saying to my mom, like, I'm struggling between these three things that I did get offers for to spend the summer. What should I do? My mom pushed me to do camp because she was like, you are never going to have time to just play like this again after you start working it's just work so um you should take this last summer that you have as an actual summer and you should go play in the woods at camp for the summer and I was like okay that makes so much sense I'm gonna do it and I lasted one week you guys they told us during staff training this is the hardest job you're ever gonna have but I just want to remind you that when you're feeling like this is really, really hard, you could be spending this summer in an office. And first of all, I was sitting there skeptical, like, this is the hardest job I'm going to have, really, which it is not a fair judgment because all jobs are hard in their own way. But then when they said you could be spending this summer in an office, it's like my eyes lit up and I was picturing myself and I'm like, an office. Like, I definitely am driven by work and productivity and my resume and um, something I've really been focusing on I guess really since the pandemic but particularly honestly this year as play I'm trying to incorporate more play into my own life as an adult with no kids at home I'm empty nesting now folks and um, making time to play is is like new to me which is so strange to say but anyways all of that to say I completely get that um I kind of have trouble with that too and I can get caught up sometimes in the um in the goals so anyway if somebody listening 
wants to learn more from you, um, where can they find you and what is it that you actually offer? Sure. Yeah. And also thank you, Sarah, for saying that story, because I always feel like so uh, ostracized when I'm like, I don't really like fun. Um, people make me feel some type of way about it. But I, again, I remind myself with the girls, like it, the goal is fun. Like Mondays for me are so, I love hanging out with them. Like it, it, I like complete blinders on, we have so much fun. And so anyway, it's okay if you also aren't wired for fun, but allow the troop leading process to be fun for yourself. Um, but yes, yeah, so if you want to hang out with me more, my podcast is called The Purpose Driven Mom Show. Uh, if you want to check out my book, you can go to the 15minuteformula.com slash free. I have a workbook that, you know, it's absolutely free that kind of accompanies the book. And you can get the book Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Audible, all those places. And um, if you're interested in what I do, um, I run a program called the Purpose Driven Mom Club. It opens four times a year. So if you head to a purposedrivenmom.com slash club, you can learn more about it. And it is a group coaching program for moms to figure out how to manage their time, create systems in their life and create goals that they can actually take action on instead of feeling the need to hustle and sacrifice their sleep all the time. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. And yeah, I, I think if you want to come back, I think there's a whole lot more we could talk about in a, a future episode. So, um, and of course we all are going to want to hear about how you feel brownies ends up being different from daisies. I can't wait to hear about your experience as your girls, uh, continue to level up in Girl Scouts as well. So thank you so much for your time and for sharing some of your expertise and your tips. Hopefully this was really, really helpful for people to, especially coming off of a year to feel like if you were frazzled this year, next year can be better. Yes, a hundred percent. And Sarah, you said this on a, um, I don't know, I think it was like last week, one of the podcasts about like refreshing your summer and so I just want to encourage I don't know when this is going to air but everyone listening like I'm choosing to like take July off of Girl Scouts and like we're going to like start planning again in August but give yourself that break and then just know take one thing I gave a lot today I'm kind of one of those like drinking out of a fire hose type teachers so just if you're listening today grab one little nugget of something I said and just ask yourself how can I incorporate this into my year to make it a more enjoyable and sustainable experience but Sarah thank you for having me today this was fun yeah, thank you so much. And and if you're listening and you feel like, yeah, you got fire host today, um, save this episode also because different nuggets are going to come out differently to you depending on when you listen to it and where your headspace is. And this is something you can come back and revisit later and you'll get more out of it uh, or something different out of it at a different time. So whatever your big takeaway was right now, like my best advice is write it down, make a voice memo or write it down in your notes app or something so you don't lose it. And then save this episode so you can come back and listen to it again and see what nuggets stand out to you at a different time. But um, I think it was great. And I really, really love talking to you. And um, I know we're going to talk again. So any any Sarah-Kara combination is always going to be a long-lasting one. So thanks yes. for that. And uh, for you listening, we'll see you next week.